Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm heading into the panels room here at the Boston Kids Comic Fest where we're going to hear from some of the headliners. I have a blog called Good Comics for Kids, though, and so if you're looking for some advice on what to read, feel free to check out my blog, uh, or, you know, just hit me up on Twitter. My name's at Bridget Alberson, so I'm easy to find. I'm not good at thinking up names. Um, we have a distinguished panel, and I'm going to let them talk about their work, but i just briefly introduce them first. This is Joel Christian Gill, who is the chair of the Comic Arts. Uh, program at New Hampshire Institute of Art. And uh, I mainly know him as the creator of Strange Fruit and uh, Tales of the Talented Ten and very cool graphic novels about stuff you never guessed existed in history. Uh, next to him is Erica Henderson. She's a very talented artist of, among other things, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl and one of my favorite comics, Jughead. And finally, we have Raul III who is the creator of the Lowriders in Space uh, series and also has a picture book. But now I'm gonna like throw it to the panel and tell me a little bit about what you do, what kind of comics you make, and you know, what your life is like as a comics creator. You're living the dream here. <laughs> Joel? Um, so, ultimately I think that I'm a storyteller, so, and I feel like in the grand scheme of things and the way the world works, that in order to rebuild empathy in the world and connections between people, that we should share our stories. And so I, I always tell people that I'm a cartoonist who's trying to change the world. Um, and I think that what I'm trying to do is to share the stories of um, black people in a way that normalizes their story and sort of gets their story, gets their story out to as many, as many people as we possibly can. So I feel like the more people see these stories, the more we'll understand that these stories are just as much American history. I feel like I'm probably preaching to the choir anyway here, right? So these stories are American history, and that's specifically like black history or the segmented sort of history. These are just a, these are as important a part of American history and culture um, as any other stories. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, um, I, nobody else has been telling these stories. That's good for me, um, that for culture in general. But uh, because it, it means that I get to tell these stories, and so that's what I'm spending my time doing is telling the stories that people have told. And can I just jump in here real quick and say that if you haven't seen Joel's stuff, check it out because he has found some really cool people that have done some really cool. I mean, Fox Brown, right? Who mailed himself to safety in a block. He's he's got some great stories. Um, some of the people that I've written about in Strange Fruit Volume Two, I wrote about Millie and Christine McCoy, who were known as the Two-Headed Nightingale. Um, they were conjoined twins that traveled all over the country as part of um, um, the circus, as a circus shot sideshow. I found a story about a lawman named Willie Kidder, um, who there's very little information about Willie Kidder, but we know that he, we know what, what we know about him is that he showed up to this defunct town in Colorado called Yankee Hill, Colorado, and there were these people looking for a ship, looking for a new sheriff. And Willie Kieran goes in and they make fun of him and say, you can't read. And they say, okay, the, the bad guys are across the street. Go deal with them. And he takes the badge and he goes and deals with them. <laughs> um, and he absolutely deals with them. And then 
Um, there was another criminal in the in the territory who was looking, who was causing trouble, and they had a they had a sign out. They had a sign that was like it was a five hundred dollar reward for this criminal. So he changed the sign to fifty dollars reward. And the criminal came to town because he was mad that he had changed the <laughs> And so he took care of him as well. So Willie Cooper, uh, Kathy Williams, who was the only known female Buffalo soldier. Um, I just try to find, uh, I dig and dig and dig and try to find stories about people that no one's, know, that no one's heard about. Um, I'm currently working on Tales of the Talented Tent. Um, Robert Smalls, who was a former enslaved African who stole the U.S. The US Confederate ship, the Planter, um, and sailed it through Confederate waters to the Union. And which is interesting enough is that not that his life didn't stop there. He bought the plantation that he was enslaved on, um, not like Oprah did, like 200 years later. Like he bought it like five years later. Um, and he also founded the South Carolina Republican Party um, when South Carolina was a majority black-controlled uh, state during Reconstruction. Um, and so a little story about him. Um, for Tales of the Talented Tent, so that's my next one. All right, sorry, Erica. <laughs> I just had to get that in. So tell us about what you're doing. Um, well, right now I'm finishing up a definitely not a good book for kids. And I'm going to start, a gra- I actually have started a graphic novel with Brandon Montclair, who writes Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur. And I wanted to go back to a word that Joel used, which was storyteller. And I think I wanted to apply that to myself as well, because even though I haven't written any of the books that you had mentioned, in comics, the art does a substantial amount of storytelling. It's not illustration in the sense that you're just drawing what someone else has put down. You're literally figuring out what the story looks like. You're creating the characters if you're making them act out what it is that they're supposed to be acting out, like make them feel what they're supposed to be feeling, design what the scene looks like. Uh, so yeah, there's a major storytelling factor on the art side that I think we don't talk about a lot. So it's like, oh, the writer tells a story and the artist like reads his mind and manifests what the words are supposed to be, whereas you're actually making a lot of decisions about what that world is and telling that story. It's like it's not like in panels where there are no words that the storytelling stops. Like there's still storytelling happening. So that's really cool because a lot of times we say illustrated by and I always change that to the artist. The artist. How do you imagine those I mean you don't actually have a girl with a squirrel tail to model for you, do you? No, no. How, how do you draw things from your head like that? That I find amazing. Um, I mean, a lot of it's research. Uh, like, drawing people is fine, I'm okay with that, but like, let's say I have to draw a particular type of town, like we're suddenly in middle America, like I need to look up pictures of that, because I do not know what that looks like. <laughs> I have always lived on the East Coast. Or if I have to draw cars, like I need to look up some cars. Um, there's just a lot of Google. Got a lot of tabs open when you're doing art. <laughs> um, yeah, so many tabs. It's all just, and then you find out you have like the same tab open like five times. Why is my computer so slow? Yeah, because like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, 
I feel like there was a point when people were mad about looking up reference, like, oh, you're not really being creative. It's like, you know what? I don't know what an Audi looks like. Like, I just, I need to look that up. I just need to look up a picture of that. What's the hardest thing to draw? Well, I think machines for me. I, I, I hate it. <laughs> Toes for me. <laughs> I used to say motorcycles and motorcycles horses, and then I drew my second book tail that sounds to ten fast reads, which was like all about the old west, so it was horses. <laughs> and then the second book I drew was motorcycles, it was all about Wes Stringfield, and so like there was one story in Stringfield Volume Two that I didn't want to draw because it was all bicycles, and I'm like, nope, I'm not doing that right now. When I was working on the first Lowrider book, uh, Kathy Camper, the writer, she was like, and the Lowrider should have like um, like all of these rear view mirrors, like maybe 10. I was like, Kathy, you do realize I'm going to have to draw this book a million times, right? A car a million times. I am not going to draw a hundred like rear view mirrors oh, yeah, that's, each and every That's the other thing, is when you're designing something, you're like, all right, we're only going to see this five times, so it can be really fancy. Yeah. If you're going to draw it, if it's going to be in every panel, it's not that fancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's a rookie mistake that I hear artists say. It's like, oh yeah, I made the hairstyle way too elaborate for a 200-page book. <laughs> so Raul, why don't you tell us a bit about what you do? Okay, so I am um, the co-creator and illustrator of the Lowrider series, uh, which is up to three books at this point, but I'm going to be starting the fourth book uh, pretty soon, maybe in the next few months. And then I am the writer, illustrator of the new series called Vamos, Let's Go to the Market. And I'll probably be working on this for the next 10 years because uh, they want me to make many more books. So uh, I'm really excited about that. And um, a lot of these books, they're, even though they, they may look very fantastical, in terms of the characters and the scenarios that uh, I create. They're also very autobiographical because uh, the characters speak both Spanish and English. A veces, you know, they say things like guachalo, which means that they also speak Spanglish, which I, I love <laughs> speaking. Um, they're set in the, in, the board, in the border town. Um, you've probably heard of this very dangerous place known as El Paso, Texas. Um, that's where I grew up. I grew up in El Paso. Uh, and so my, my books are set in both El Paso and Juarez. Um, and uh, I have a really fun time uh, just creating stories uh, based in a part of the states that I grew up in. With my friend Kathy. El Paso is not dangerous. Super not dangerous. It never has <laughs> been. Just clarify, it's not dangerous. It never has been. <laughs> we have a, a liar who spreads you know, misinformation constantly, telling big stories. <laughs> Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.